0: Good morning. Look at it Hi. is. Hi. Hi.
1: How are you? I'm good. You sound pretty sprightly for 7 a.m. in
0: Sicily, Rome. Where are you? I'm in Rome now. I'll fly out today, and I'll move right. closer to the door because i assume the wi fis is out closer to the door. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> is that better?
1: <laughs> All right. on. Bongiorno, Miff Warhurst. Ciao,
0: Bella. (laughs) Ciao, Bella. I'm good. How are you? You're you're coming to us from
1: Rome this week. You're in
0: Rome. I'm in Rome. Well, I've been in, after um, the Eurovision trip, did a little side side step over to Sicily. And um, I mean, I've been in Rome for one night and I fly out tomorrow. So, no, tonight. I forget what day it is now. It's a little bit confusing <laughs> when you're living like this, like a person who has, you know, money to spend and holidays to go on. It's very confusing. You start to forget what day it is and then you realise at the end of the holiday you've got no money to spend. You're just pretending you're living that life. So, you know, it's been divine, absolutely divine, just quiet time on beautiful beaches and... Now I'm in Rome and just wandering around ancient ruins. Get a bit of that into you, and then I'll be home. And it was all like a dream. Tell me about Eurovision because the last
1: time I spoke to you, it was pre grand final. Did you get to party? Was there after parties? Did San Marino come through with the after party?
0: <laughs> come to Daddy, our Eurovision <sighs> Daddy. Well, I'm pretty sure he he just uh, took up all the all the money models who were in the audience and took them off to his yacht, I'm sure. Uh, we didn't get invited to that party. It's so funny. Like, it's such a huge thing and it takes up so many hours and the last broadcast went for four and a half hours we're up in a roof in a tiny booth for four and a half hours and by the end of it, it just exhausted. So, for the third year running, I went back to the hotel. I had a wine at the hotel bar and then I went to bed. Isn't that the lamest thing ever? In Tel Aviv, the party city, the, the we, it goes off. Apparently, I wouldn't know. I went back to bed after a drink or two, but like we're all just exhausted. It's it's so full on. It's such a ah. Oh, as I say, I'm still I'm still trying to trying to work through it now. It's such an intense experience, and I think with all the overblownness of it all and. You're really sucked into it and, and then it's over and it's you, you feel a bit bereft or something. You just need to creep away quietly. So that's what I've been doing, creeping away quietly, as quietly as possible. Creeping no away to Sicily you.
1: and Rome, perfect. No. Well, the world goes on uh, as the world turns post-Eurovision and today there has been, um, the internet has been ablaze with a big story around this fella. Have you seen the story about Moby Miff? And more specifically, the book that he's written about himself.
0: Well, he's written, this is his second book, isn't it? He's already written a book, a biography of sorts, um, autobiography. And now he's moved on to writing stories about, is it the women he had crushes on or relationships with? Is that the sole premise of the book? As far as I can gather, that's what it seems to be. The women
1: that he tried to date. I think that there's more going on, but this is definitely the story that people have led with, specifically about Natalie Portman, who he says that he dated when she was 20 and he was 33. She was studying at Harvard. She obviously was a child actor as well, but she studied for a while, went off and you know, stopped acting and did um, study for a while, but was famous. Uh, and for a few weeks, <clears> he, quote, tried to be her boyfriend, but it didn't work out. And then Natalie Portman has come back and said that they never dated, Um, that there were lots of factual inaccuracies throughout this whole story and, most pointedly, that she was actually 18 and, quote, her recollection is a much older man being creepy with me when I just graduated from high school. In a weird flex, he Uh... then comes back. I know, it's so gross, isn't it? He comes back and posts photos of them hanging out together as evidence saying this happened. And it's just like you're doubling down after she's just pointed out that you were thirty three and she was eighteen, and you don't even see the issues like with this that she's pointing out. You are like oh basically saying, "No, I did date her." It's like the 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 lack of awareness is is the mind boggles, doesn't it, Miff?
0: It's astounding, um, especially after that reply. I mean, Natalie Portman's probably not one to really buy into that whole she doesn't strike me in the years that I've sort of followed her into the whole celebrity gossip business. And here he is laying this all out on the table. But what what it does is make him look like the creep. Because she said, no, I was 18. I certainly wasn't 20 and we didn't really date. Is this something that's, does this, is this something that we, we face at the moment that is the problem that that men and women are having is that, I'm not saying every man, but men in general don't listen when women say that's not what it is. Like it's it's kind of fantasising, isn't it, creating a fantasy that that's what the relationship was when in the other person's mind the relationship didn't exist. I find that all quite odd, but maybe that's one of the core problems that we need to sort out here, um, how we define relationships and making it clear. Some some of these men don't need to know that it's not a relationship.
1: Yeah, I feel like all the conversations that are happening around this, you know, Me Too movement, so-called Me Too movement, uh, are are such such a loud roar that it's weird to me that a a proofreader and editor didn't look through this book and think, oh, maybe this isn't the right time to have this kind of conversation. There's a lot of questions around just like you say the perception of uh, what happened in a relationship or a date or a sexual experience that can be very different from a male or female perspective and from the surface like I don't know what happened I wasn't in the room I wasn't on that date that they may or may not have had but from the surface of it from what I see of experience through life and the age-old tale of a man who is older and has a lot more power whether it's you know a certain point of fame or just through his age or physical power it has the has you know the influence that 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 he can have over another person. There is something about an opportunism there um, where the power imbalance uh, shows that this is a a wrong situation to be in. And it really reminded me of the... Anthony Kiedis' biography, Scar Tissue, which a lot of people talked about as this great kind of incredible rock and roll tale of addiction and, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. But the whole time I was reading that, first of all, it's, just, you know, there's a lot of things that I found kind of annoying and wrong about it. But when he was detailing his conquests, who were often younger women, and in some cases putting like full page naked photos of these women that he was bragging about sleeping with... It felt like such a violation of that experience. You know, even if it was true, it's a shared story. You haven't checked in with the other person and ultimately you're listing yeah. every woman that you've had sex with or had a relationship with in order to make yourself look better or to sell some books. It's just really gross. You know, it's just, it, it kind it's of feels like so Mo- Moby. Moby's inadvertently kind of me-tooed himself. He's got no idea that he's talking about this kind of like this this total imbalance and he's just put it out there and then, like I said, double down when Natalie Portman has just pointed out how messed up it is that someone who was almost double her age was pursuing her, that she was literally just out of high
0: school. He just
1: doesn't hear that. It's wild.
0: It's it's really wild. And And look, surely he should have called her and let her know this was coming into a book as well. If you're going to include somebody and talk about a relationship that you think you've had, I mean, sort that out before you put it to print. Surely it just seems so odd to me that you, I don't know, it feels a bit, it also feels a bit dirty laundry too, doesn't it?
1: I just don't know why it's what? necessary. How much more money does Moby need? He's like he's set up for life. He's already released one memoir. Why is he putting out this? Who cares? There is another. Did you okay. see the other the other person that he talked about in the book, which a lot of people are discussing, um, is someone that he said he quote tried to date again. Weird, weird flex. He tried to date Lana Del Rey. We a
0: lot of weird trying today. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just says in my mind it never happened.
1: Yeah, don't, or don't, she
0: was pushing you away.
1: Yeah, and he tried to date her before she was famous, so when she was a, a different singer-songwriter or at least performing under a different name, Lizzie Grant. i got to read you this expert excerpt. I don't know if you've read it, but um, it. This, this is her when she visited Moby's penthouse. You know, he's living in a penthouse. He's very rich. She says, um, she says to him, Floors in an apartment? She shook her head. Moby, you know you're the man. Ha, huh, thanks, I said. And then she says, No, not like that. You're a rich wasp from Connecticut and you live in a five-level penthouse. You're the man, as in stick it to the man, as in the person they guillotine in the revolution. And then Moby responds, I didn't know if she was insulting me, but I decided to take it as a compliment. It's a 20-year-old Lana Del Rey giving, throwing down a sick burn in front of him and he still takes it as a compliment. <laughs> He's not what? listening. He's not listening. not
0: even listening. But even to put that pen to paper and write that down and then go, no, that's still cool. Where was the editor in this? Well, who's looking after Moby? Do we need to start worrying? (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God.
1: It has been good seeing everyone's tweets um, come out today. There's obviously a lot of talk about it online, but there's particularly... uh, a lot of um, female uh, performers who were saying, just just getting ahead of the curve, I also
0: didn't date Moby, which is very funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think, is Moby, um, it feels like Moby's the kind of man in um, Cat Person. Is Moby Cat Person, do you think?
1: Moby's totally cat person? cat person. Moby's totally Cat Person. It all comes full circle. I don't with these holes. Don't let these holes bother me. They see pictures, they say Bitch, I'm who they to be. Look, I might just some just Miff Walhurst, Cardi B who is one of the greatest entertainers on social media? Sure, she's a rapper, she's a singer. but she's so good on social media. Do you remember a few months ago um, I brought in that amazing Cardi B moment where she was ranting on her Instagram about the Trump government shutdown and the oh, some right. guys on the in, on the internet called the Gregory Brothers remixed it just for anybody who forgot this is what it sounded like
0: people got to go to work to not get no, bitch.
1: I should have put a language warning on that retrospective language warning <laughs> um,
0: it's bang on I think they've come this far and they're you in the car that was <laughs> The kids have got to learn sometimes. Absolutely, that's,
1: like, that's a great way to look at it. The kids have got to learn sometimes. What
0: for now? Sorry, that's sorry, true. parents who are listening to a podcast in the car with a kid. That's true. So
1: we shouldn't be listening to podcasts in the car. There's your problem. There it's supposed to be for your ear holes. Sorry to tell you how to listen to podcasts, but that's how that's how God designed them. So. <laughs> the there's a video that's there's a video that's popped up um, the last couple of days of a jazz pianist who's again remixed Cardi B um, but it's I think just a couple of years ago where she was kind of shouting excitedly about some Ugg boots that she just got after performing um, at some sort of corporate corporate gig and this guy Charles Cornell um has basically sitting at his piano playing a song that completely matches. The video of her of her talking, and this is what it sounds like. None of you bitches, none of you bitches, got these exclusive Swiss sweet hugs. What's Ow! What is It's so good. <laughs> But he makes a point she, that she's got such a great sing-song voice. The that way that she is talks dead. is like she that is talks awesome. like she's singing, so she can just you can remix anything out of Cardi yeah. B's speech because she's always kind of sing-song rapping and talking in the way that she delivers everything she says.
0: Oh, that one! That note. <laughs> can, can I hear it again? It's so good. Yes,
1: When's the Cardi B Broadway that show going to come along?
0: I know, but that is how I feel when I get a new pair of bugs as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Mia Forhurst walking down her hallway at home in Melbourne saying, No, no, you're bitches! bitches. <laughs>
0: Oh, Zan Rowe, what is that metal version of Celine, the guitar? What are you banging on about? I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Whatever could it be? Look, I've banged on about her before, but this is a specific specific Celine Dion performance. Her incredible carpal karaoke with James Corden. It's hitting the, I think, seven or eight million view mark on YouTube. It's been out for a few days. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's the best. Basically, they're driving around Las Vegas where she lives, you know, because she performs every other bloody night. Uh, and one of the best things about it is is really the first kind of half of it is the greatest because everything that James Corden says, mm-hmm. she just it interrupts in mid-sentence and turns it into a song. So it's just anything that he says, she can find a song to react to it and it's all the things that you love about Celine obviously the incredible voice the eccentricity oh the facial oh expressions gosh. the self-deprecation it will bring you so so much joy i just love her so much and when i was watching it i was just remembering how phenomenal her concert was last year and experiencing that she's just the best like in in this time of kind of you know dark news in the world and and all of us being a little bit exhausted after a heavy election campaign and you know not winning at Eurovision, all of that stuff, this is a little video, you know, ten fifteen minutes of your day that will bring you joy and life. So Celine Dion carpool karaoke, it is so good. Have you seen it, Miff? I haven't seen it, but I'm hoping she's wearing something similar to what she wore to the Met Ball. Is it? <laughs> no, it's a bit more pared down because she's just in the car. She's wearing a suit. Like she loves rocks a very good pantsuit, oh, okay. and she's wearing a good pantsuit. Great, great. And her face. It's
0: just the face of a million emotions. I love her. Love her.
1: So the best thing about it is really the first half of it. And basically they're in a car with each other and James Corden and her, he, he's kind of talking to her and everything that he says, she can respond to with a song. No matter what he says, she just starts busting out a song that relates to that. Here's what a little bit what it sounds like. Is it a nice place to live? I live where my heart is. Right. My heart
0: will go. Now. Yeah. It's an incredible thing to look s- at us now. <laughs>
1: two broken hearts on the ground. So are you excited for this? I'm so excited! I'm about to lose God. And I think I like it. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh man. I have to say you you really have a song for every moment.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh this is a lovely drive. I drove all (laughs) night to get to you,
1: is that all right? Oh, that pipes burst in my bathroom. That's a shame. (laughs) She's genius. I love her so much. She's amazing. I imagine you'd go mad if
0: you spent more than half an hour with her, but that's amazing.
1: (laughs) You never get a sentence out, but you'd be thoroughly entertained.
0: Oh, absolutely, Celine Dion, our new queen.
1: She's the best. You so watch it when you're in the lounge later on today.
0: I will. It's good that this um, podcast isn't coming to you from the lounge this year, so I don't have to be looking at um, angry businessmen wondering why I'm talking so loudly and laughing next to the next to the cheese. <laughs>
1: I'm kind of sad that we're missing out on that. But in the meantime, it's coming to you from your bed in Rome. What are you banging on about? In the midst of the last week, what have you been watching?
0: Oh, I watched, appropriate, Wine Country, the new Netflix film that's been produced and directed by Amy Poehler, and it's got all the amazingly talented and funny women, Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, Anna Gastea, I think is how you say it, Paula Pell, Emily Spivey, um, Jason Schwartzman's in there, Tina Fey. And it's a whole bunch of women who get together on a wine tasting tour in California. Um, they go to wine country, hence the title. And, um, oh, look, it's, it's not going to break any new ground, but it was nice to watch a film. And it's, it's getting a lot of criticism. There is a lot of wine, which kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, this is too real. Yeah. And then there's other elements where I feel like I've been, I've been seen. Like, they're sort of middle-aged ladies going through some issues and I'm watching it going, this is too close. This is too close to the bone. So, of course, I watched it all to the end. Um, And it's, yeah, it's look, it's a laugh. It's an actual laugh. And if you've ever been away with a bunch of girlfriends you'll relate to moments in wine country it was a great thing to watch on a plane when I didn't want to think about anything else and um yeah it's it's really cute it's really cute it didn't I thought it was going to go a bit you know hangover crazy Mm. you know the hangover series but it didn't it didn't do that it got more got more about relationships and stuff um but yeah look it's cute it's fun It's got some issues, but you'll see yourself, if you've ever drunk wine, you'll see yourself in this, and you're a middle-aged lady. Good luck to you.
1: (laughs) Amy Poehler's character, when I saw the trailer for this and she's organising the itinerary and kind of telling Mm -hmm. everyone what they need to do and and delivering those sheets of paper, she is me. So I will definitely be watching this. I see When you say you feel seen, I feel very seen by Amy Poehler's character
0: in this. Yes, you will be. You will feel very seen by Amy Poehler's character. There's little bits in all of them where you go, "Oh, this is my truth." See, I'm starting to speak like that now. This is my truth. <laughs> it's because you're in Eat, Pray, um, Love.
1: Eat, Pray, Love zone. This is the start of your discovery myth.
0: I'm just in eat zone, Zan. There's no brain. there's no loving. I to get a lot far away, but I don't want to pray there. Um, all love there. So I'm just, it's just eat, and that's not much of a book to sell as a memoir, is it? <laughs>
1: I'm going to let you go and eat one more bowl of pasta before I imagine that. Miff or eat. My year in Rome, eat. (laughs) Eat. (laughs) I want to come and join you. Why
0: can't we do Bang On Live in Rome? We could do it from the Spanish Steps or something. The Trevi Fountain. The (laughs) Coliseum.
1: Dork. I'm going to let you go eat one more bowl of pasta and I'll see you back here um, in Australia. Bang On Live in Australia. (laughs) Next week. Thank you
0: for letting me live my best life, Dan.
1: I love it. Safe travels on the way home. I hope you enjoy the movies on the plane.
0: I will. I'll have lots to review and let you know about when I get home.
1: Love it. There you go. Bang on for the next month.
0: Oh, I wrote a review. No, I wrote a review of. Um, I finally saw. What's it called? The Queen movie. Is it- I wrote a review on <laughs> my phone when I was drunk. And it is scathing! <laughs> It is (laughs) scathing. Oh, you mean
1: Bohemian Rhapsody? You You mean Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, that one. one. I thought you meant the Queen is in the Queen of England, not the Queen movie. No, No, the
0: Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I wasn't happy about that.
1: Can you please yes. not read that review? Like don't open up your notes until bang on next week and just read it cold because I want the I oh. want the capture, I want to know it. Noted. It's just the capture of what you were feeling in that moment, sky high, thirty thousand feet watching oh, that with nice. a few wines under your belt. I want to hear that on Bang on next week All right.
0: yeah 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 I'll, I'll bring it in I'll promise you it's you'll love it you'll love it. Oh, I was seething you know how you get really irrational and angry and upset and sad in the air. It's a thing that movie made me angry. <laughs> I'll bring it in. It's coming. I love it.
1: All right. Love you. Love you too. Safe travels. I'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bang.
1: Bang. 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 Bang on. When my boyfriend asked me what I did today, I'm definitely going to report back that I sang along to Cardi B singing about her Ugg boots while Miff was in a hotel room in Rome. This is how I spent my Thursday
0: afternoon. This is how we should spend every Thursday afternoon. (laughs) I'm thinking of staying here. Double J.